All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. That is right. All accounted for and back on this Monday presented by Batando. It's time for the Monday edition of Leafs Morning Take. We're back from Jasper. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. And uh, luckily in one piece here, Rosie. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good weekend, man. Monday came quick, but uh, quick turnaround for you getting all the way back out east, too. I imagine you're a little more tuckered out than some. It was a long day of travel, uh, although I didn't drive the four hours from Jasper to Edmonton, um, but still a very, very long day of travel. And, uh, buddy, we got crippled over the weekend, okay? It was a great time. i got to thank our friends over at Betway, Booster Juice, Tourism Jasper. Just uh, such a unique, unique tournament to play in. It was a lot of fun and uh, learned a lot about ourselves and our teammates over the weekend. And a great group of people over there. Yeah, it is. That whole nation network seems like everyone's kind of cut from the same cloth and on the same page. And, you know, the amenities were fantastic. Scenery was unreal. Got to play a little pond hockey. It's been a while. So uh, overall, pretty successful weekend. Leafs morning take slash DFO team. You know, our attitude was right. We didn't exactly bring home any trophies, but it wasn't about that this weekend, was it? No, it wasn't. But I, I will say we we got stronger as the tournament went on. So the first True. game happened uh, over on Friday night. We played Barnburner. I, I'm just going to blame it on just what was going on. It was dark. The lighting wasn't dark enough. Fucking Ryan Pinder was balls to the wall. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on there. But that barn burner team was buzzing. But then they sort of blew the joint Leafs-like in their last game of the round robin. We made strides. We got stronger and stronger. I thought you and Sarah Volley really locked in later on in the tournament. So I, I think we're primed for something special, albeit we're like, now nah, we'd rather drink to, to wrap up the tournament. 
Yeah, that last game that was uh, kind of for nothing, the hot tub was uh, looking a little more appealing oh. for everybody else pre-Battle uh, of Alberta. But um, overall, solid, solid weekend, man. It was fun to get together with everybody and uh, promote the brand a little bit. Two glaring highlights, uh, the Team Schwitz slash, uh, slash hot tub session after the, uh, I guess, third round Robin game where we just uh, got together and said, that's it, that's all, we're not getting back on the pond, which was just a smart idea. With that temperature, it was great. And number two, the video you're going to see on your screen in mere moments. It took me a while. I was in the slump of all slumps this weekend, but I finally scored a goal. Shout out to Adam Seaborn from the Playmaker family. Uh, just a great dish. And look at this. So we're, we're just excited. You're pumped for me, too. I, I love to see that, man. Well, you're snake bitten a little bit there, Bertuzzi style for uh, you know majority of the weekend, and uh, you know last game of the we figured it'd be our last game. We needed to get you that rock, and uh, man, you just slid that baby right in there. Just poetic, poetic poetry in motion is what. I won't lie, man. The whispers got stronger and stronger over the weekend. You know, I have a pretty good sense of what's going on, on YouTube. A lot of people asking some questions about a potential Jay Rosso comeback, and. After watching you this weekend, man, you're still dialed in. I talked about scoring one goal. I think Rosie had 98% of our goals. So you're very Matthews-like this weekend. Very Matthews-like. It's very aggressive. But, uh, yeah, something about pond hockey I like. You're not uh, – just throw a little sauce around there. Find the soft spots. Love the pond hockey style. Watch out for the cracks. Try not to break your ankle. Try not to crack <laughs> your elbows open or your head. Try not to lose a teeth or an eye. No stitches were given out, though. Solid weekend, all in all. But uh, I don't think there's any comebacks uh, in my future, to be honest with you. I'm That's happy unfortunate. Right unfortunate. Here. We had a couple close calls. Uh, Rosie rocked some fucking guy. Was it on Seattle? You rocked this guy. And, and we were, we had you mic'd up for that, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, some of those old guys out there, like, you can tell they've played this kind of thing before. But they like to take it easy. You know, bump and keep your sticks down. I kind of think I bumped this guy. I could just feel him going down. And you're always worried. It's a, it's a guy that's getting up there in years. And you fall and break his hip. But he was just fine. And no animosity out there. No push and shoving. It was nothing but uh, sportsmanship and camaraderie is what the uh, theme for the weekend was. So... You know, no rough stuff. I'm glad I uh, I got to keep my my hands in one piece, and nobody was injured. No one got their tempers flared. It was a nice weekend, man. Nice change of change of things on the ice for me. It was a lot of fun, and it was uh, great for the team building. So again, many thanks to our friends over at Betway, Booster Juice, and Tourism Jasper. Just a tremendous, tremendous time in the Rocky Mountains, man. That was my first time over there, and it really had like that mystery Alaska type feel and. And that's what you're brought up on. And I think you understand, too, when they have these outdoor games and they ask the players just that. It had that feel of, like, when you were a kid just playing out there and having fun playing hockey, eh? Yeah. I know you get in the middle of those Rocky Mountains, and it's too bad you couldn't drive from Calgary because yeah, you're about you're that. three hours in the middle of the valley of the mountains just traversing them and riding up alongside of them. And it's it's wild. So, uh Nice place to be, and yeah, if you're going to throw uh, your skates on, go for a pond hockey to have that scenery behind you, and surrounding you is, uh, it's honestly world-class, so thanks again to Jasper and Jasper Park Lodge for putting us up. It was a first-class weekend and a blast, something everyone should go and try and check out in their lifetime. Sir Bob Laws writes in, what's the combined waist size of that picture? I would say about 3,000. I know. I was looking. I thought I was looking a little heavy in that thing too. Maybe <laughs> got to get the squash boots out again and burn some cows after that weekend. <laughs> no, I think we're buzzing, man. It's going to take me a while to work off the fucking food and, and most specifically the alcohol. I 
I had a weekend. We all had a weekend. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Daniel Wright said, Nick and Rosie, you both can't be away at the same time again. The show was way too PG. LOL. What <laughs> <laughs> the hell, those guys? We're unique. What can we say? And uh, we appreciate all the love here on uh, YouTube at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe, Leafs Morning Take. Wherever you get your podcast, we'll pop right up there. Uh, leave us a review and uh, let's keep this thing going. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25, that's code NATION25, 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Don't forget, uppercase for that. Offer valid in Canada. Subject change, terms apply. And the roller coaster continued, Rosie. They found a way to lose uh, against the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday, a wild game. And then they returned serve, excuse me, I can't even get it out, on Sunday against the uh, Seattle Kraken. So all in all, a 2-2-0-4 game road trip here. Yeah, I don't know if I was on air or not. I said, uh, I think it might have been after the Edmonton game. I said they're going to go two and two on this road trip. And, uh, you know, highs and lows, goods and bads, uh, kind of more of the same, to be honest with you. Um, you know, would be more disastrous if they didn't pull that off last night against uh, Seattle. Um, that was a, that was pretty close to a 60-minute performance last night. They started off, you know, they get the lead. The chances were crazy. They kept the puck, you know, out of their zone, out of their net. Samsonov looked fantastic for the the chances that the Kraken did get. And, yeah, I was a little bit more impressed with their defensive play. Um, offensively, with all the chances you had, I mean, it was a little scary. It's like, for all the accolades that this team gets for their offensive prowess and whatnot, it's it's odd they just, would they ever get a three-goal lead? Do they ever blow a team out? It, it doesn't seem like they do. And when things are going well, um, you know, and they're leading games, you know, against the Seattle crack and that they should be outmatched. I mean, they're still just hanging on and every shot could be that tying shot to send them in overtime, which they do not fare very well in. So, you know, a bit of a nail biter, but at the end of the day, you know, they did close it out. They got the two points. They got it in regulation, a big step forward for Samsonov, I think is the big story. Uh, Nick Robertson in there, he's, he's pumping out some goals again. And I think he's earning his more of a full-time position in the lineup. A lot of people are, uh, are calling for Keefe to stop yanking him in and out. And I think he earned his spot last night with a convincing goal and then the game winner. Starting to get the feels, I guess, for Elias Amsonov a bit. Of the, is that what's going on? He makes 16 saves. It's back-to-back uh, solid efforts, we'll call them, since coming back from his uh, his sabbatical where he just needed a bit of a reset. But uh, again, to your point, um, I thought he made some big-time saves in that Seattle game. And this is... The most pleasant news you can get for this Maple Leafs team uh, the last little while is the emergence again of Ilya Samsonov. This is great news, isn't it? Yeah, it's back-to-back big performances. And to be honest, I mean, the entire, you could say October, November, and a good part of December there, he just didn't have a good performance. I mean, he could not find his game. He was lost. And when, you know, they put him on waivers, put him down to the minors. Uh, He didn't really play down there, but it was a mental reset. It was a mental, I think, you know, after the struggles that he had had and the work they had done, I think they realized like, this isn't a physical problem. This isn't something you can, you know, just go out there with the goaltender coach and, and work on some angles and some pushes and work on some positioning stuff. This is upstairs type of thing. This is mental. And I don't think there's um, a position in hockey that's more mental than the goaltender. I don't think it's even close and he needed to go and, and change his mindset, get himself in a different headspace. And it looks like he did that because he looks very solid. He's not sliding around anymore. He's he's not scrambling. He's not, he doesn't look defeated. He looks in position and 
you know, for the, for the small amount of chances that they did have the Kraken last night, there were some big ones, some big back doors, and, and he didn't just put himself in position. He made some heroic acrobatic saves, more than one of them, and I don't think the numbers tell the story. It was the eye test for me that, that told me that Sammy could be back on track here, and, you know, he's just got to continue to, you know, build on that mindset, gain confidence, and keep playing that way, and, you know, Time's ticking here. Joseph Wall is going to make his return. And, you know, Martin Jones has been playing solid too. So, you know, for all the all the talk that, you know, they need a goaltender and whatnot, I'm much more focused on defense. I think they're yeah. – the, the lack of play yeah. seems to be on the back end, man. Morgan Riley, like uh, TJ Brody specifically, do not exactly look solid. Um, I'm happy with McCabe right now and, and Benoit, but – that team needs some shoring up at the back end. And that's would be my number one concern if I had anything to do with it. Yeah, you're right. This is not all about the goaltending. But again, the most positive news you can grab from that weekend is another solid star for Ilya Samsonov. And uh, I agree with sort of your breakdown that he wasn't swimming around. It's such a volatile position. Like to me, it makes no sense. And this is coming from somebody with no background goaltending wise, how you, you can't stop a beach ball for like, you know, 20 appearances. And then all of a sudden you get a bit of a, a reset and you're back in the mix and actually an NHL goaltender again, again, but whatever, I don't really care how it happens. I, I just want to see it from Samsonov and it's sort of fascinating in this market, a couple of good starts all of a sudden, you know, it seems to be going back the other way where a week ago we were talking about Martin Jones playing in a playoff game. And it's now like, well, what if, what if, what if with, with Ilya Samsonov, right? <laughs> Yeah, time's going to tell, right? We You can't predict the future. You don't know who's going to step up. You don't know where things are going to land. You try to make your, I don't know, people get kind of horned up on, oh, I called that two months ago. And it's like, yeah. it's like, well, that's great. You throw enough shit at the wall, something's going to stick. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going to happen the next handful of months here. And no one knows what's going to happen at the deadline. But at the end of the day, there is options. We are not as lean as could be we're not desperate at the goaltending position there is hope there is promise there's there's light there um i still have a lot of eggs in my joseph wall basket uh everything that we've heard about this guy i know it's a small sample size but what he's shown us at the nhl level has been fantastic um the way he speaks carries himself conducts himself the way he appears to think seems to be a very high caliber and you know you talk to people that know him coming up that know him intimately and very well and have worked with him and know him personally and they have very high things to say about him high praise for sure so those things those those intangibles that you don't always know about when a guy comes into the league you dig a little deeper and learn a little bit about something and there's people that have been saying this guy's a, a legit presence for a long time and like we said he steps into the nhl and you know, steps in during the playoffs last year for the Maple Leafs, no small task. And he performed, he was on his game. So, you know, get this injury behind him. And I think our goaltending prospects are going to start to look up a lot more than they were, say, you know, a month ago. And uh, again, it's just the defense that scares me. The team defense and and the positional defense is is where I think this team needs to really take a step forward if they want to have any type of effect in the playoffs. Yeah, that's probably an understatement. Um, I had an infamous tweet over on Saturday. Mind you, I was severely gooned up, but I said, need a fucking save. Um, I think the clock has struck midnight on Martin Jones. Like I, Again, I, I think he's been a great story. I know you're probably higher on this guy. I know a lot of people are in the chatter higher on this guy than I am, but like the game against Vancouver where you outshoot them 46, 21 and granted the Canucks are buzzing this year. They scored some pretty goals. The PK for the lease has been a joke in the month of January, but sometimes you just need a save. And unfortunately this team just can't get a save 
when they need one. And I think that continued over the weekend for Martin Jones. Has your stance changed at all? Uh, is it just a couple tough games for Martin Jones? Um, what's your feel on that? Yeah, I mean, I think they were relying on him too heavily. I think if he was not playing, you know, anything up to, say, like solid, I think they would have had even worse yeah, kids, you know. Problems through the holidays early on in the new year, I think it could have been a real big disaster. So I think you lose sight of that right away. And, um, you know, were those his best games? No. Was he the reason they lost? No. Could a, a timely save here and there at important parts in the game, you know, be difference maker? Yes, they always can be for every single team. But, uh, you know, they're ham and egg and it pretty good. They're yin and yang. And, and here comes Joseph wall. Sorry. Here comes Ilya Samsonov looking uh, pretty sharp in his kind of return to, to action here. That's all you could have asked for. And once he gets that, it's almost like the cats off your bag, the pressure kind of alleviates. And now you can just like have that be your baseline and be like, okay, now I'm back to feeling normal, confident. I'm going to go work my bag off still, you know, do my daily things with, uh, you know, the extra stuff on the ice and, and, wait for his time to be in the crease whether they're going to run with him or not this week i think that'll be very interesting mm-hmm. um i would think that they would and it seems like you know they're they're happy to have him back and he's found something and and if he can build on that it's only going to get better so you know unless he takes a big step back i, I think that you know the light has started to shine on Ilya samsonov and we can start to you know expect him to be more like he was last year Taking the fatigue angle with uh, Martin Jones. I don't mind that he has played a lot of hockey the last little while, but again, I think he's resorting back to career norms, which is fine. He's provided adequate goaltending. Let's not lose sight of the fact that he's probably saved this Maple Leaf season too. But uh, I'm right there with you, by the way. I know we're going to get into the uh, Winnipeg Jets this week because, again, the Leafs have two games on their slate, a home and home here with Winnipeg. And I think that makes the most sense. You you, You put Sammy back in there on Wednesday, right, at home against Winnipeg? Yeah, I sure think so. Um, yeah. You know, he hasn't had a lot of reps. He's not tired. Um, he just came off a great performance. They've got the win. I don't see a single reason on the planet not to go straight back to him. It's going to be a big test. It's going to be at home. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets have really, you know, taken that big step this year, especially lately, and and rose to the top of the standings. They're a well-rounded team. They spread out their talent very well. You look at their you know, their cap hits and it's, it's wild, man. I mean, we're the polar opposite of that. And sometimes to our detriment, obviously, but we've got these, you know, 12, $13 million players, multiple, multiple guys that are just top of the league as far as uh, paychecks are going. And then you look at them and I, I don't know, seven or something, seven millions, their highest, they got it spread out very well. And obviously they found the, uh, the chemistry with that because they're clicking, they're rattling off wins. They seem to be a well-rounded team. It's going to be a big test for the Maple Leafs. Um, they, they're going to have to, you know, really look and analyze and understand what they've done in the past, you know, since the new year, what works, what doesn't, what are we doing when we win games? What are we doing when we play embarrassing hockey? They got to, they got to verbalize that, understand it, see it on video and it's hard on video, actually. It's more of a, a, a feeling, um, a mentality, and an attitude in the room going into the game. Like, this is where we shine. This is where we struggle. And, you know, when you get those leads, for example, you have to alter your game to protect them. You can't just keep playing this loop and shoot, run and gun hockey when your defense is as weak as it is. It's just, 
it's just unacceptable. It's mind numbing to think that they wouldn't protect their D when they have a lead and they continue to play risky hockey. It blows up in their face so often. And all I can say is that I hope they've learned from that. And, you know, a big performance at home against the, you know, the red hot Winnipeg Jets getting a W there would would be a little bit of a statement saying we're learning here. We're growing. Yeah, I think they watered the flames a bit with that win against Seattle, but I'm not losing sight of just the 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 key polarizing issue here. Defensively, I'm still not sold on Keith. I think it's time for a change. I think we've just seen too many big time things that are are total notifiers that yeah, you need a change. I mean, Patrick Waugh gets hired over the weekend, Lane Lambert fired by the New York Islanders. But even like the Saturday game, like what the fuck was that? You're hawking in Canada, you're playing one of the best teams in the league. Let's spot Vancouver a three nothing lead after after one at the first intermission. It's like I see shit like that, and I think the writing's on the wall. I know I've been reading the chat during the start of this show. A lot of people feel that way. So one victory is good, and they needed that direly in terms of the standings. But I still have the same feel about this team, Rosie. I won't lie. Yeah, it's you know, in my mind, I just have learned that you can't get too high, you can't get too low. Fair. It's easy yeah. to get low and negative when they're they're playing that that painful hockey that's just lost that just doesn't even doesn't even look like it's a middle of the pack NHL caliber team. Again, my my big mind blow right now is that their bad is so goddamn bad <laughs> yeah. and then their good is just so electric that it's wild to see the same group of guys be able to play that big of a disparity in, in quality of hockey. And there's just no good teams that that do damage, that win Stanley Cups, that have that um, on their resume. It just, it just doesn't work. You have to close that gap. You know, everyone's going to have stretches of hockey where they don't have their best stuff, but you have to be able to control it. You have to be able to address it. You have to be able to you know, rectify it. And they've really struggled with that um, this year. And you could say, you could say, you know, when they, when they go down three, nothing, they're able to come back and yeah, that's a positive thing. But then you got to look at, well, if you're capable of that on that night, what was going on to put yourself in that big of a hole? Were you not ready when the puck was dropped? I mean, that's just the biggest killer for a team is to go through your whole day of preparation you know who you're playing you've done your homework you've done everything on your game day routine watch the video done this and that you're you know who you're playing puck drops and you're just la di da just get smoked three cob and then go holy smoke so there's a game tonight oh let's turn it on oh there we're all oh, good we tied it up let's go again oh no we lost. it's just like dude you have to be more professional as, as a as a team as a group you have to have a, a stronger mindset. And to me, it's it's the mental preparation thing with this team that I just don't think is there. And I've said it before. I think that comes from coaching and from mm-hmm. leadership. And, you know, if, if this thing continues to struggle and they continually take a step forward and two steps back, then, I mean, I'm not totally opposed to a coaching change. It's not like Keith has got these guys just at the precipice of their ability, you know, firing on all cylinders, getting the most out of the group. It's actually far from that. And um, I, you look around the league, like you said, with these new coaches that do come in, it's not like, oh, we're a brand new team now because we got a good coach. But a lot of times you look at the Edmonton Oilers, you know, you make that change and it's just a change in mindset. And like I said, I think that is their problem, their mindset going into games. And I'm not guaranteeing that a coaching change would be the answer to all the problems, but if they continue to struggle, that's certainly the most obvious and glaring change that could be made. 
Man, imagine like Patrick Waugh in Toronto. Like, I know you could say that with a lot of different fits, but like, I can tell you they're excited about the prospects of having Patty Waugh with the New York Islanders. And, and, and I think truly that's the type of coach this Leafs team needed and needs. I think ultimately people are going to be like, well, they had that type of guy in Mike Babcock. But I, I, yeah. I think you have to flip back the other way and maybe Keith is too player friendly and maybe that's the way you have to be in 2024. But you wonder if the Leafs sort of missed out on a really, really strong candidate for this team in Patty Waugh. Ah, maybe it's hard to say. I think there's, I think there's a few good coaches out there that could certainly yeah. uh, um, do the trick. And you know, it is easy to say, well, the reason they went to Keefe is because it didn't work out with Babcock. True. But I think Babcock's a bit of an anomaly. I mean, the guy's just such an asshole. <laughs> I, I just don't think anyone is is going to want to play for him. So I, I still have on this of the school that this team needs a little bit more accountability and they need a guy that has won before knows how to win, knows what it looks like and knows what it feels like. So, you know, a guy like that, I, I personally, I got my eyes on Joel Quinville. Um, I know that I don't think he's been completely cleared by the NHL to play, but I mean, that guy was running a modern day dynasty in Chicago through the 2010 era there. And he knows what it takes to win. I think that he's a guy that demands, you know, accountability that understands what it takes to win. But at the same time, he's, he's cut from the cloth where guys want to play for him. Guys respect him. Guys want to be coached by him. So he's kind of got the whole gamut covered there. And, and he's kind of my number one on, on the, the possibilities out there. If they did make a coaching change, I uh, just, I've always had my eye on him and going, God, he'd be a great guy to play for. You know, he's, he's, he's kind of got it all. And he's not too far this way with the players coach where the guys just don't respect. He has no control over them. And he's not too far this way with the Babcock stuff where the guys just can't stand him and, and want to trade and don't even want to be in the organization while he's at the helm. So, you know, if there was a trade to be made, it's somebody like that knows how to win, gains the respect of the players, demands, you know, accountability and, and playing the right way. But guys also want to play for him and, and, you know, are are enjoying themselves and are part of the process while he's at the helm. Producer Vic makes a good point in our show chat uh, that they were children when Babcock was there and a little older now. And I get that. And I think it's pretty simple. You bring in somebody, uh, you know, cut from that cloth, if you will, the way you said it. And you say, if, you know, this is the guy, if it doesn't work for you, then we'll make alternate arrangements. I, I just, I'm with you. I just think they need, um, you know, somebody a bit tougher in there where it's like not, you get everything you want. Um, and I, I think it's become crystal clear. We'll see how things play out over the next couple of weeks, couple of months for this team. But I think there's no question at the very least, Sheldon Keefe is under the microscope with this team. If they don't produce results, A, they got to get to the playoffs. I mean, if they miss the playoffs, he's done. But if they get to the playoffs and they don't produce results, I, I do think he's in trouble. And I even went on, on Twitter over the weekend to back the guy. Like, I think Sheldon Keefe is a really good coach. I just think sometimes it's time for a change. I think the folks in Edmonton can tell you that. Like, Woodcroft did a great job, Rosie. I think it's a prime example. He had one of the best uh, win percentages in regular season history. They made the coaching change. Now they can't fucking lose a game. You played the game. You played in the league. Sometimes you make a change. just boost the team sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's the that's the the tough part about being a coach. I mean, you will be the scapegoat. You will be the guy to fall on the sword, whether it's your fault or not. Team wise, um, it's there's just there's no magic formula. You can't write it down on paper mm -hmm. what it's like to have a team 
that is just on the same page that is it's just it works right it's chemistry it's it's not tennis it's not an individual thing you can have i mean you look at pre-salary cap era when when teams would just buy teams right they didn't just win the stanley cup it it didn't work that way you can't just put the quote-unquote best players on the on the roster and, and they just flourish on the ice. It's, it's more of a team thing. It's more of a flow. It's more of a flow state. It's it's chemistry and you can't really just buy that. And a lot of that is the environment that they're in, the way things are being presented to them, um, how each individual player is being managed and understood in order to get the most out of them, according to the team system that you're putting forward. And right now, the Leafs, I did, they just don't have that. If they did, they would have so much more consistency. But if you want to change that and, and get more out of the group in that sense, then a coaching change is absolutely a way that you can do that. It's not fool safe. It's not foolproof um, or fail safe. It doesn't always work. But when you look at, you know, the Edmonton Oilers, a fantastic example, as you said, they were they were egregiously bad to start the year, like laughing stock of the league. Those Oilers fans were like on <laughs> Suey watch for half of the half of the time there. And and it was not Jay Woodcroft's fault necessarily. Like you say, the numbers are good. The guys liked playing for him and a very good coach. But in that situation with that locker room, you make a change and bring something else to light, and all of a sudden oh, there's the puzzle piece and things fall into play and these guys all of a sudden find it. It happens all the time and that is why coaches just get canned and it's not necessarily fair, but that's part of hockey. And and if this group needs that, I think we're going to find out in, I would say, the next, the next four weeks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host yeah twitter is a tire fire as we all know but like that seems to be the pushback when i've put out a couple times over the last week that it's long overdue for a coaching change and i think it's important to come back with Sheldon Keefe's a good coach, but I think this team just needs a jolt. They need a boost. And I think to your point, 
Um, you know, sometimes that gets the, key, the team going and cooking in the right direction because a lot of people will spin back and say, well, they don't have the player personnel. They're going to try to blame Tree Living or blame Dubas. There's a lot of people who love Sheldon Keefe, but I think the Oilers, again, are a perfect example of a team that nothing's really changed on that roster. They just have figured it out. And I think the Leafs are still trying to figure that out as we approach the 50-game mark of this season. How much did your heart sink when I sent you that text on Sunday morning that Corey Perry's going to Edmonton, man? Mm-hmm. It was disappointing. It really was. I, I don't, uh, I mean, I know they're on a heater right now, but it seemed like that's it. Like, what about, like, I thought there'd be a little bit more chatter with, uh, you know, developments about him talking and, you know, they're, they're going back and forth, but there's some other teams in the mix and, and feeling like we were a potential candidate to get him. I think that we would want him. I think the Leafs would, you know, benefit from having him, especially in the playoffs. Um, and then all of a sudden, poof, he's gone. He's in Edmonton. And, you know, I think he would want to play with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. I think he wants to be a part of this run that they're on right here. Um, why he wouldn't give the Leafs a little bit more of a look, I don't know. It's up to, that, that, that's up for him to know. And I certainly don't know, but, uh, you know, maybe he didn't believe in the Leafs. Maybe he doesn't think it's got the group. Maybe he needs a, a guaranteed resurgence in uh, in his career this year. And he thought Edmonton was the best place for that, obviously. But yeah, kind of disappointing because that would have been some exciting stuff to get him on the roster and and see if he can maybe be one of those pieces to kind of jar something loose and, and get that team going on the on the right page. I love how you just talked yourself through that. I mean, it's it's pretty clear why he chose the Edmonton Oilers. They've won 13 games in a row. They just don't lose under Chris Knobloch. They've got McDavid. They've got Drysaddle. All of a sudden, Stuart Skinner is like a bona fide contender for the Vezina Trophy. Like, there's a billion reasons, but I, I think you're right. Like, it's unfortunate this sort of decision went down now because the Leafs aren't playing great, and there's no doubt this guy's been watching games. I mean, what do you think he's been doing for the last month and a half? And he looks at those two situations specifically, and it's like I understand why he he chose Edmonton, but I'm with you. Like, it, it stinks. I think he would have been a really, really good fit for the Leafs. But I think the positive note for me to grab from Perry going to Edmonton, he's in the fucking Western Conference. You don't yeah. got to deal with him in the playoffs. The Leafs have dealt with him on Tampa, the Montreal Canadiens. I think there was a chance the Florida Panthers were in the conversation. Other teams, at least, might potentially play in the first round if they get there. And and so that's the positive I would grab from a disappointing spin for sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I mean, to, to see him go there, it's disappointing, but it's not infuriating because you're not really yeah. going to be playing against him. You're not going to have to face him in a thing. And uh, he let's he's not you know he's not the end all be all of uh, of players. Obviously, he's in the twilight of his career. He's kind of slowing down, but you know, consistently over the past, what, five, six years, he is like a mainstay in these wars of playoff series that he's on the winning side of. And he's often a huge part of them. He's often a factor, whether he's scoring the big goals, drawing the penalties, dragging his team into the fight, gaining momentum, frustrating the other team. Uh, he does it all. He He's a, a very seasoned veteran who is built for the playoffs, who understands as much as anyone that I could think of right now off the top of my head, what a playoff performance needs to look like. And I think that his attitude in the Leafs locker room could rub off on a lot of guys who just have not freaking learned that in the past, well, ever on this roster. So um, 
it's disappointing, but like you say, the fact that he's in the West and, and not going to be, uh, you know, causing us headaches in the Eastern, uh, Eastern conference throughout the playoffs. If we do get into it and, uh, and face a team with him on it, it's not the ideal situation. So at least it's not that situation, but yeah, disappointing for sure. I was, I was looking for him probably more than most and really wanted to see him on there because of those reasons I mentioned where he knows how to play playoff hockey. And this team has proven over and over again, they do not. Certainly drags you to the fight. Um, I think even looking back at that game on Sunday, Brandon Tanev was in a mood. I would say too, Connor Timmons, like if you want to stay in the lineup, maybe don't take stupid penalties in your first shift of the hockey game. I just haven't been impressed with uh, Timmons's game. And it's, it's far removed from that combo. We'll say in training camp where it's like, holy shit, this guy might be a legitimate player for this team. He's such an outcast on that back end. Benoit's passed him. I think even Giordano could be past the guy, and Giordano's really, really struggling. I don't know if Timmons is going to be there long-term, like post-trade deadline. Would I be shocked if Timmons is still on this team? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I just haven't seen the consistency, but I was just getting to the point that I think the Maple Leafs showed a bit of pushback in that game against Seattle where, you know, even a guy like Benoit, by the game, I just love this guy even more. I know you're a big fan of his too. Sticks up for Timmons. We see McCabe scrap after Lilligren got into it with Tanev. Like Tanev, you could tell, and I'm sure you've had those games in your career, Rosie, where you're buzzing, you're looking for something. I mean, let's not lose sight of the fact that Chris Tanev is linked to the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Tanev family are close by. Like if there's one team you're going to show up for, it's going to be against the Leafs. And Tanev was in a move, a mood to get after it. He was pissed off about the hit. And I thought it was a pretty good response by the Maple Leafs all in all. Yeah, I was going to say he was. He had to be in his bonnet there kind of thing. Yeah. But the response from the Maple Leafs was not to be used as a doormat for some guy who's, <laughs> uh, you know, got, uh, you know, an itch to go out there and, and rough things up a little bit. McCabe stepping in there, doing the right things too. I like Benoit finishing all kinds of hits, like multiple oh, hits in a row. Like yeah. when you're, when you're, especially this day and age with this clientele that's in the NHL, I think it's as important as ever just to, just to crush those guys up against the glass every time. It's hard to do because you come to a stop and then you need to get your feet going from a stop to, to get back into the play. It's easier to swoop and just glide by the guy. But when you're making those plays, man, and you know a 200-pound body is, is hammering himself against you all night long, you start to, you know, it starts to affect you. It starts to hurt you. You start to kind of uh, roll your eyes going, fuck, when is this night going to be over? That takes you out of the game a little bit. Um, you know, it makes you panic with the puck a little bit. You can, you know, that causes turnovers. A team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, they capitalize on turnovers, right? They, they're they licking their lips. They're looking for that all the time. A guy like William Nylander is just looking for it almost to the point where, you know, he's blowing the zone sometimes and stuff. That's kind of a knock on him. But you're banging bodies like that. Like you got 10 guys on a roster who are finishing every goddamn check, every single shift. That team is going to start to get tired of it. They're going to start to panic with the puck you're going to take away time and space they're not going to have the ability to make those those proper plays and you're going to benefit off the turnovers and and wearing those guys down and it's just difficult to play against a team like that and the Toronto Maple Leafs are not known to be a difficult team to play against and you know if uh if a lot of guys can take a page out of Benoit's book and at least bang and crash a little bit more I would like that but like you said uh, Jake McCabe I've been impressed with he you know he just seems to kind of have that you know, that dad role, that leader role. And I think that he could really ride with that in the playoffs. He blocks shots, he hits, he can, you know, stick up for teammates like that. And uh, it's what we need on the back end. Uh, my biggest concern lately is just kind of that lack of urgency in front of the crease, like, especially with like Morgan Riley. It's always like, like when there's a loose puck and some chances and 
activity around and in front of your goalie as a demon, you are head on a swivel. You are stick swinging and you are down. You are taking away lanes. You are pushing bodies. You are searching for that puck. Sometimes he just kind of sits to stand there and just watches it go in his net. And, you know, Brody as well. They can't even find the puck. And it doesn't look like they're desperate to find it. They're just kind of looking around. And some of the most high, you know, most desperate places around your net where you should be a hundred percent like on alert desperate they seem to be very nonchalant and relaxed and ends up in the back of their net a lot that's something that needs to absolutely change i don't know what that's all about but again the achilles heel of this team does seem to be their defensive uh play in the regular season when they don't have it so uh, it needs to change and you know positives and negatives i know we we pick them apart a little bit but I just know that that type of play isn't good enough and and they need to make changes. Yeah. In general, I think you talk about Brody. I just think he's been very disappointing. Um, You know, from when day one, when he signs coming over from Calgary, where I think he had a couple really strong seasons and for some reason just hasn't been the same player. And defensively speaking, he has been a guy that you can count on in his career where it's like, you don't really notice him. You don't talk about him, does his job, but, uh, the the issues defensively have been spiraling out of control for like a year and a half with TJ Brody. And and that's why I'm curious that maybe if you find, uh, you know, one guy or even maybe in a perfect world, two guys to slot ahead of a guy like Brody, which is very, very unlikely, how he would figure in, you know, slotting down the lineup. I think all of a sudden he becomes an asset and not so much a detriment, which has been the big time story for me defensively when it comes to TJ Brody. It just... Sometimes you watch him out there. It's like, is this guy, is he, you know, is his head even in the game at times? Well, I think he's going through some personal things yeah. as well. And, you know, he's mentioned before when talking about that kind of stuff that, you know, it's hockey tough. isn't necessarily the most important thing in the world. And it's not when you're talking about, you know, illnesses and family issues and, and things like that. It, it It is certainly not. But, you know, as a professional, you need to be able to compartmentalize those things. Uh, easier said than done. No question about it. But, you know, there is a factor of, you know, what's going on in his personal life. Is that affecting his play? Because he does look like his head's not in. He does look like his mind is elsewhere. And, uh, you know, I think our biggest problem on the back end is we ask too much out of players that aren't capable of giving you that, aren't capable of playing that role. But like you said, if you get the guys in in front of them, a couple of guys to slot into those big minutes that can eat that stuff up and take that responsibility and handle it well on their shoulders, all of a sudden, the guys we're talking about slot into a role and a responsibility that they're much better suited for. And and I do think that, you know, if you get those pieces in place, it could just happen just like that. All of a sudden, oh, everyone's where they need to be right now. Because now it seems like, you know, sometimes their hair is on fire out there and they just cannot handle it. And it's a detriment to the team and they lose games because of it. They get down in games because of it. They don't start properly because of it. They can't win in overtime because of it. And, you know, you shore that up. I think it could solve a lot of problems. But for the time being, you just hope TJ Brody, whether it is some personal things or not, you can get them squared away and compartmentalize them and and start to, to focus on hockey with a little bit more confidence. This segment is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece Program and an unbeatable pricing policy. Check out a large selection of Canadian lab-grown diamonds, mine diamonds, and don't pay until 2025 with their instant in-store financing OAC. For more information, go to charmdiamondcenters.com. Setting up this week, Rosie. Again, very quiet schedule as we get set for uh, the All-Star Week and the bye week here for the Maple Leafs. Just two games remaining before the All-Star break. Uh, and it's a home-and-home home year with the Winnipeg Jets. We talked about it earlier on. I think you and I both agreed that Ilya Samsonov should start on Wednesday. 
I think you're at a point with your goalies, like win and you're in, um, you know, despite, you know, back to backs happening win and you keep playing. Like, I think that's the easy sort of formula. No. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with. Some coaches literally have that. Some coaches will never change their lineup after a win, and it's just like their philosophy. If we win like that, we're not changing a goddamn thing. And and it makes sense, and I think it works with goaltenders right now, especially when there's no rhyme or reason to go against it, right? Like, why would you? Like we said, we've we've been working Martin Jones hard, especially on that road trip, um, refusing to go to anybody else. And, you know, he's starting to crack a little bit, so... Give Sammy his touches. He's been out of the lineup for a long time. He hasn't played a ton of hockey. He just won the game. He looks absolutely solid. There's, it's an, it's an absolute no-brainer to me. Um, you know, when people say, "Oh, you pick everyone apart," and you can't, uh, you know, no one can get away with anything in this locker room. You know, who's flown <laughs> under the radar right now to me that could, uh, you know, be a storyline this week is is John Tavares. Man, I mean, he's been. Off the score sheet for like eight games, I think it's his biggest uh, slide of his career, and he is—he's been non-existent to me. I mean, when guys when guys are like that of, of that I caliber, I thought he was good I'm against saying, Seattle. I'm not saying he's yeah. bad. I just do not yeah. notice him out there. He's not a yeah. factor. He is not an eleven million dollar factor on the ice, and I don't think he has been since Christmas. I'm not saying he's playing terrible or he's a liability or anything like that. But at eleven mil, your captain. Being on a, a career slide like this, he's kind of gone under the radar for it. And that's a good thing. I mean, one of the biggest problems with this market is you can't even, you know, hiccup without having people attack you for it and jump down your throat and point it out. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not piling on the guy. I'm just saying he's not been what he needs to be. He's flown under the radar for it. And this week's a big week for him to pull out of that before the all-star game. Yeah. JT to me is the least of this team's concerns and issues. Like you talk about, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Like this guy has been Mr. Point per game since entering the league pretty much. And we talked about this two weeks ago. He's going through his January swoon. I thought he was excellent against Seattle. Like he's the type of guy he's knocking on the door. Like I, I'd probably put good money on him scoring a goal in one of the next two games, at least. Like, I think he's he's showing signs of breakout. I think they mention it in the broadcast, how they're sort of phasing back the minutes a bit. I think he looked a bit tired. It happens every year with this guy. Just just look back. And I'm not as concerned as some people are with John Tavares. I, I just think he's a guy, this type of stuff doesn't phase him. And let's not forget the fact that he's been under the microscope in this market, in this country, since like 14, right? And he's weathered the storm every time. I believe in John Tavares. I know some people start to wonder about father time, but he goes through ups and downs every season, and I think he's primed to break out here in the next little while. I thought he was pretty good. Like, you could tell they were feeding him a bit more on Sunday, but he but he looked a bit more refreshed. I think that was my takeaway, like post-Christmas break, Rosie, in like January 1st onward. He looked tired and sluggish, and I know uh, we've talked about it a lot in this podcast where it's not so much about you know, the foot game and the speed game, but like it's IQ, how quick he is with that. I, I, I just think he looked a bit fatigued, but I do think he's snapping out of it. Having said that, I understand what you're saying. He does make a lot of money. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like the positivity. I hope you're right. Yeah. It's just the longer this goes on, the more it will become a story. And when guys get, uh, you know, into a little bit of a rut, every, it happens to everybody. It's not the end of the world. And it is that January kind of uh, dog days of, of the season right now, where it's probably the best time to go through something like that. And, and the most obvious time where you could understand why it happens, but uh, the longer yeah. it does go, the more of a big deal it'll become. And 
But I do agree with you. He's of the caliber where he could snap out of it any game and, and it just become a thing of the past and non-issue. I hope that's right. But uh, at $11 million eating that cap, you, you, you can't be going through that for too long. And you need to you need to help out because a guy like him, you know, just being on his game that extra bit can be the difference over a 60-minute hockey game on on whether you get that win or not, whether you don't go into overtime and you win in regulation, those types of things. So um, looking forward to his performance here this week. By the way, the Bertuzzi, or excuse me, the Perry News now official in Edmonton, one year, 775K plus performance and bonuses. He won't wear Ryan Smith's number 94, of course, and he'll wear number 90. So uh, Corey Perry, officially official, a member of the Edmonton Oilers. And again, as I mentioned earlier on, thank God, I do not want to see that guy in the playoffs. If we do, it would be in the Stanley Cup final, which is great to see. Speaking of great to see, man, All-Star Weekend, uh, looking forward to that. You're coming down. We're going to do some shows, some live shows, and more news on that coming up over the next little while as we get set for All-Star Weekend. But over the weekend, it was confirmed everything we knew, but Austin Matthews and Justin Bieber will co-captain a team. Morgan Riley is going to be an assistant. And I'm not sure specifically how the draft will work, but I think it would be hilarious if if Matthews didn't take Mitch Marner, man. Imagine they let Marner roll and it's like, oh shit, he's not going to be on this team together. <laughs> Depends who's got the first overall. It'll be it's fun to watch that, man. I I enjoy it. I like it. I like how they got, you know, their captains with the celebs, and then they got, you know, their it's either their teammate or their brother type of thing, or their their sidekick basically as their assistant. So so it'll be fun. And, you know, they'll probably be mic'd up sitting there with the celeb and chatting about who to take. And there might be some some back and forth, like who knows how much you know, all these guys know about all the all-stars and whether they're, they're picking with their heart or their head, it's going to make it fun. Right. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, but it's nice to have these, uh, these little levels of, of, of entertainment, you know, that, that isn't outrageous and that isn't like an eye rolling thing. You know, you got legit hockey fan people in there that are legit celebrities and you're going about it a fun way. And to me, the, uh, the skills competition is, is the biggest, uh, the biggest example of that where they're doing it real. This isn't a dick around and come out with, you know, goofy fucking costumes on. Like I I've been vocal about just hating that stuff. I, I don't even understand why the kids would like that stuff, but now you got like a legit, Here's a million bucks. Who's the best overall skilled player in this league? And holy smokes, there's something to watch if you ask me. There's no doubt in my mind we're going to come out of All-Star Weekend. You're going to shit on All-Star Weekend. Mark my words. <laughs> so let's not try to Don't play think that I fucking will. game. Yeah. Not after uh, we- Florida. Not after their, <laughs> let's let's shoot pucks onto a green on a golf course. They're <laughs> bopping and flopping and rolling all over the place. Like who fucking thinks of that, man? It's it's not good. I love golf. I love hockey, and I, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So I think they're gonna clean it up with the circus sideshow stuff right now. And I think I'm gonna be, uh, I think I'm gonna be impressed with it, to be honest with you. But uh, time will tell. The proof will be in the pudding for sure. And I can tell you there's going to be some gimmick shit. Like I, you would have to think the CN Tower is going to be involved. There's going to be something. But you mentioned the celebrities. So Will Arnett, Lee's fan, Michael Buble in the mix. Tate McRae is going to be a captain. So is Justin Bieber. By the way, I am working on one of those four potentially coming on Lee's morning take. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. I won't mention Hater. who it is, but we're working on things here Hater? behind the scenes maybe this week to come on and talk about selecting, the selecting process. Like I... I would love one of those people to be a fucking troll and be like, hey, Mitch Marner, you're on my team. I think it'd be so cool to see Marner against like Matthews out there. Like, I think that's, and that's the thing with these like fantasy drafts. Like, you see it in the NBA, it heats up in a big way. Um, I wonder if it heats up in terms of the fantasy draft. Like, 
I would be that type of captain that would want to troll people. So hopefully one of these totally. guys. It's is, fun. You know? We see Austin yeah. Matthews play with Marner every single night. I want to see yeah. them play against each other. I want to see um, Austin Matthews' skill with someone he would you would never even picture him being with. That's what's yeah. fun about it. And uh, I hope what you're alluding to is getting Tate McRae on the show. She's a good Calgary girl. Hey, maybe <laughs> maybe that could be an angle we work there. Huh? 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 I don't know if that's likely. We'll try. We'll try our best. I'm trying something there. But uh, producer Vic even writes in, uh, who do they take first? Is it Willie or Mitch? Like, if they don't take Mitch, yeah. does he does he get pissed off about not going first? You know, there there's a lot of optics behind the scenes, man. You can ruin a room. Well, that could be the that could be the kicker on why they don't. They're like, I can't pick between my line, my teammates. I'd rather play against those guys and and have some fun with it. So we're going with so and so, and I could see that happening. Because who do you take, Willie or Mitch? Willie, you kidding me? Obviously, but I don't think <laughs> <laughs> scary stuff. I don't know. That's why that stuff's fun, right? Like real yeah. stuff, not not forcing it down your throat, not not sideshow circus crap that no one asked for, and you're just jamming it down your throat. Real real things that are that are fun to watch and not forced. So I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be one of the best All Star games in in years, and I hope. I'm wow. Right. This guy's so horned up for All-Star Weekend. I Nothing's going to compete with Florida last year. I really don't care about the product on the ice. I'm a bit different. So, Why? Because you get to go sit in the sun and have a mojito or something? I don't care. That was, like, that was embarrassing. Shooting at, like, being on the beach. You I weren't get, even hey, there. It was shooting awesome. At, Fanfare from a beach? That can't be How matched. many people do you think are at the All-Star game compared to people watching at home? That's the most important thing is what it's like on for the program, not whether you're running in the sand or not, man. Not many people are actually <laughs> at the thing. Yeah, I was in my Speedo on the beach talking about hockey. There's just, I don't know. Mm. It depends on what you like. Nonetheless, we're looking forward to All-Star weekend. Rosie and I are getting together. He's flying out there. We got some big things popping, by the way. Some elite guests could be uh, stopping by, was, which is obviously par for the course for this podcast. But looking forward to that and uh, looking forward to the Botano wrap-up presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now. 19-plus, please play responsibly. Busy slate again this week. 51 games in total, just two for the Maple Leafs. But on this Monday, Boston and Winnipeg I'll be watching closely. I wouldn't be mm. shocked if the under hit. That story with Winnipeg's tremendous. What is it like? Thirty-three straight games. They haven't allowed more than three goals. Like it's it's insane. I think it's going to be a very tight checking hockey game. Yeah, Hellebuck's just. Uh, oh. I think in my mind, he's he's the best goaltender in the league. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, two powerhouses going against each other, man. It's it's going to be interesting to see. I really feel like Boston has just flown under the radar this year, man. Oh. Like people haven't been talking about them a whole lot. Um, they're not doing flashy, wild things that's all over the headlines, but they're just having another season where they're right at the top of the absolute league. And they're going to be, you know, I think you'd assume they're going to have learned their lesson from last year in the playoffs and be coming out hard and strong. And, you know, again, they're in our division and a tough opponent to to go up and, and play against. But I think they're they're a bit of a wagon and people almost forget about that because of what happened last year in the playoffs. But uh, that'll be a good game. Two big boy teams. Uh, like you say, it's one to watch and, and see where everyone stands. Looking forward to it. There's no doubt about that. And looking forward to the next Maple Leafs game coming up on Wednesday at home against the Winnipeg Jets. Again, just two more games and uh, before the all-star break slash bye week. So some much-seated uh, R&R coming for uh, Nick Alberga and Jay Rozo. Great job today, buddy. Thanks. It's good to get back in the saddle. We got a long week here and a uh, big game on Wednesday. I'm licking my chops for that one. I'm also kind of nervous about it. 
Fair enough. Edward Lee writes in, Nick and a Speedo, there goes my lunch. I appreciate that. I'm a very hairy Italian boy. I'll, I'll be honest here. <laughs> okay. And that's the last thing Jay Rosehill will say, the last noise he makes on this show at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Uh, search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcast as well. Many thanks to producer Vic. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. We'll talk on Tuesday. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 